Welcome back to another episode of the Gifted Performance Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to like the video and subscribe for future content. For more information about our one-on-one coaching and other training or nutrition options, visit giftedperformance.com. Our newest feature, the Gifted Express, offers premium programming for bodybuilders, powerlifters, Olympic weightlifters, and lifestyle clients for only $30 a month. Enjoy the video. We'll see you on the next one. And as always, stay gifted. Welcome back, guys. After a long hiatus to what I'm going to call season two, season two of the GPP, Gifted Performance Podcast, back to bring you knowledge and practical takeaways to improve your own general physical preparedness. It's the same three faces, but we've got a brand new structure. I'm going to go around the horn. It's four faces. Four faces. faces. I don't count. I don't count. I'm just this faceless anomaly. No one actually sees me as a human being anymore. Let's go around the horn. What are the latest happenings in the lives of Dominic Cusa, Jason Holt, and Polly Roquette? Dom, what's been going on? What are the latest? I'm things? just go- I'm going through a midlife crisis, I think. <laughs> I would have to agree. I've seen that and I'm worried about you and I want to know are you excited? Mid-life. A what crisis? Midlife. I think I'm only making it till I'm 50. I was going to say, how old are you? That means you're what, 28, 29? So 27. That means you're going like to die at 54, 55. It's a good round age. Yeah, uh, let's see. You're 29, 27. Right? 27. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, everything's good. Season's off to a good start. Um, Season's off. My son's about to be three months old. Wow, He's that's sleeping insane. through the night now. We're getting Jason. We're getting seven, eight hour stretches now. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the same age as my wife, man. What's three the, months what? old? um dom has a new instagram account where you can keep up with all things vehicle and at the same time you want to plug that let them know where they can find it wasn't meant to it wasn't meant to be plugged (laughs) then you don't know know where it is what do you then you don't know where it is keep it anonymous it's anonymous then you have to find it on your own what what do you do with dom you've got one of those too what do you do i do have one of those i know you have one of those (laughs) what 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 do you do with your vehicle on Instagram? you know where the tailpipe is making it making it pretty making it immediately inside Uh of a tailpipe (laughs) that's what he's doing uh, Terms of service, Instagram, come at the man. All right, here's the thing. If you find if you find Dom's If you find account, it, I'll give you twenty percent off. <laughs> and you send it to me, I'll send you a gift of performance sticker. We'll send you a Now I gotta change the fucking name. Discount code I found you. <laughs> don't check the people that I follow. Don't check those. You, you don't it's that's definitely not cheating. It, it is. It is. Oh, that's hilarious. Jason, what's going on in your world? Oh man, uh, I am through my midlife cri- life crisis. That was 15 years ago, um, and at this point, <laughs> I'm just—I don't know—just staying super busy. I've got like 14 different projects that are all five percent complete. So that's uh, that's my life. I gauge Jason's busyness on the quality of the handwriting on the whiteboard behind him. And it looks pretty good. Honestly, everything looks neatly in its place back there. So I think that you could handle two to three more projects. 
my wife thinks it's hilarious because I wake up every morning and I basically like I walk through the house and then I come in here and then I look at that whiteboard and she she's like I can see the terror in your eyes as I'm just like, <laughs> I can see that too like Jason just waking up crusty eyed at everything <laughs> Paul what are the main sources of terror in your life oh man existence dude. I don't know. I think I might have some knee. Knee? Huh? Your knee is fucked up? Some meat? Maybe. maybe he said it's huh? meat? No, I think I might I might need some time to think about uh, that. I worry about my heart sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to look. Oh, oh, uh, the grass guy came and I talked to him about cutting trees and stuff. And uh, he, he told me about some terrifying things. Like there are these bugs in Florida that like uh, lay their eggs in your lip and they uh, can give you like parasites that fuck up your heart yeah dude he was did, talking yeah, did about, he offer um, some bug spraying after of... he said all that no 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 dude no no he let me know that the turtles in my backyard are actually snapping they turtles are. so don't Do fuck with them yeah no, yeah do, yeah yeah he was like oh yeah you see those ducks they eat the shit out of those ducks dude <laughs> it's crazy man yeah, yeah. How long has this fella been no, in the, about uh, the treescaping business? Dude, he's uh, serviced this whole neighborhood for like 13 years, okay. man. Prior military? Yeah. He talked to me about how the internet is ruining our society. Prior Sounds military? Right. And how he plans on moving. He's prior military for sure. No, I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. He said he lives in the boonies somewhere around here, dude. Kind of far Does away. Does he have a lot of canned goods? I don't know, man. Appeared on an episode of Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> yeah. AM, AMC's you know, honestly, hit series. I like him. I trust him with my life, dude. I wouldn't. I trust him with my life, dude. He is such a nice guy. What's his name? And he knows so many, What's his name? so many things. Um, his last? Jesse. 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 Okay. I have his card right here because I had to pay him because he forgot to charge me for three months what? of lawn care. So I had to pay him like at one time. I was like, this, can you send him to my house? This is some bullshit, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I think he might be kind of far. Three man, months but of free service. As long as he forgets about his invoicing. That's what we like to see. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun. I saw him outside and I was like, hey, man, we need to get on top of this because I'm going to be pissed when I have to pay you eight months of lawn care at one time. Like, <laughs> So Paul recently brought up the idea of chopping down a tree in his backyard just because he doesn't like it and then selling the lumber. Paul, what's what's the like working plan there? Like, where are you going to start? How are you going to get that tree down? So, and then how are you going to monetize that wood? I changed my mind, dude. The tree guy actually talked me out of it. Okay. Because um, of the parasites? Because he said it, it cost a little under 7K to get rid of those two trees. <laughs> um, what? How? Like he was going to charge you $7,000? What do you mean? Supply chain. A little under supply uh, it's very hard to get equipment in my backyard because the houses are close together and there's fences and stuff and there's like a, a canal right next oh, to the trees okay so you're not going i don't you're know not going with like maybe, the Paul maybe, Bunyan approach of just like hacking away until it falls over i don't know i don't know what the approach is i've never cut down an oak tree but if you ever have cut down um, an oak tree comment below no. 
How did you get it down? Maybe he was trying to rip me off. He was probably trying know. to rip you off. But yeah, it sounds like a rip off. Yeah. I don't trust Jesse. Yeah. Jesse. I heard it'd be very expensive. I was Huh? We don't trust Jesse. I don't know. I have man. a tree guy, Paul, that I can pass on to you. Not that kind of tree okay. guy. I Jason. think I'm gonna keep wrong him tree. Because what he also told me was he told me that it provided lots of shading, and if I got rid of those trees, that my, my back patio would be unbearable to sit on in the summer. Yeah, that's, that's probably and, accurate. Uh, and that they probably helped my AC bill. So I think I'm just going to trim them a couple times. Okay. Yeah, and we moved in our house. We actually planted trees. Or no, a couple times, or trim them once every couple years. Yeah. Well, at my new house, stuff. guys, I actually bought a house. It was actually successful. I tamed the market. Congrats, Thanks, man! Thanks, guys! Thanks. Um, did you did you have to pay a hundred over asking? I did not. I did not. We offered one hundred and fifteen over good. asking, which hurt my soul. But it didn't go that high. Huzzah! Finally, at long last, <laughs> winning. It's good. It, it worked out. We've got nice palm trees back there. It's like they're little guys, and there's three of them, and they all grow out of little ones. It's all artificial stuff back there, which is what I like. You also have like a, uh, they cemented in a kiddie yes. pool. So that's that thing dope. is sweet. Above ground, it's like a five person max. It's maybe a step up from a hot tub. So <laughs> if, we do have a, if we do have a pool party, we're touching toesies down there. So get comfy, it's boys. It's the best. Does it have it's jets? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it has jets. When I saw it, I was like, that's got to be a hot It's time. not. It is definitely not. So when I, <laughs> we're going to move on after this. But when I went to see the house, I saw something that I had never seen before. Some guy like brought his kid. The kid was probably like 15 or 16 years old. The kid took his shirt off and went in the pool during a showing for the house, which I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed. I feel like that's definitely not allowed. He wanted to show you how good it <laughs> in, worked. In Florida, then, that's just part of the real estate uh, experience. And then I told the, the agent, because I was talking to him, and I was like, there's a person in the pool. He's like, ha. He's like, wait, really? And he looked, and the kid was in the pool. I'd never seen that before. But that's a very did you very tell Florida him? Thing did you do. tell him when you buy the house you want some new? Did you tell him that when you piece buy the of house, shit probably went in the pool and water. peed? They better change that water. I bet he peed in my pool. <laughs> he was like, "These people are going to offer more than us." Some so crisp I'm going to pee water. In the pool. <laughs> All right, let's get into our actual episode today. I hope that was enough witty banter for you guys. You guys said you missed it. Um, so with season two, we have decided to separate the show into segments. We've got four segments that we are going to work through, the first of which is going to be a taste of the Internet. A taste of the Internet is where we take something that we see. You know, maybe it's an influencer post. Maybe it's, you know, a research article that we saw, something that we saw, Facebook, Instagram, something like that. And we just discuss it briefly. Second segment is going to be a question from the crowd. That's where we need your guys' help. Ask us some questions. Third is going to be the topic of the day, a brief discussion on whatever we think the topic of the day should be. And then we're going to finish things with good news, everyone, with a little bit of good news from Gifted, from the industry, from whatever it may be. Um, I'm circling back to something that is not super good news. Guys, 
something that's made waves on the internet. You know, it's been kind of appearing every one to two months. We see this, a high profile bodybuilder passing away, the most recent of which was Cedric McMillan. A lot of people on the internet have had their takes on what the cause of this is. Why are bodybuilders dropping dead? You see, you know, some people say, oh, it's the Fauci ouchie. You know, it's because bodybuilders are bigger than they've ever been. It's this, it's that. What do you guys think in terms of what the kind of etiology of the death actually is? And then what do you think of people's takes on the internet? Is it helpful for people to jump into the comments section and get super argumentative? Does it push the conversation in the correct what, the correct direction or what? I think, uh, I think it's years of steroid abuse uh, because undoubtedly that is going to shave years off of your life and then i think the the bickering back and forth comes from two crowds one crowd that knows that steroids are doing that and then the other crowd is the ones that doesn't want to admit that steroids do that to just enable their own use and their own abuse so i think i have a group chat with a bunch of my athletes and we were talking about it this morning because seth ferosi put out a video um it was titled like uh steroids will kill you or something like that and in the video he was talking about like oh. uh essentially it'll never stop because nobody wants to see natty bodybuilders on the stage uh sorry jason um no, no, and, no offense, jason. and then uh he was just talking about like how you're accepting the fact that this is going to happen we'll cheer you on but we're not going to be sad when you die because you're making the conscious decision to do all of that so then a bunch of the guys in my chat were talking and um just trying to but it was interesting because i have guys in the chat who don't have kids who are younger and then i have guys who are older who have families and it's diff it's very interesting to see how you know it was receptive between the two some people were just worried about making sure their blood work was good and then the others were worried about hey i think i'm going to be stopping all of this really soon because now it's starting to scare me so um so i think i even in my own like kind of group have both ends where they want to enable their usage by saying they're staying safe doing blood work all those things but you know in reality blood work doesn't show like arterial stiffening or plaque buildup or things like that and really that's the main driver of of when you're on uh you know a steroid blast you're just speeding up you know arterial sclerosis at that point and that's where that whole term shaving years off your life comes from um so I think it's something that, you know, I don't think it'll ever be constructive because you have these two parties of people out there that try to, you know, just enable what they're doing. And then you have another group that's very, you know, aware of what they're doing. So it's just going to be a constant bickering back and forth. And I think it just comes down to what you personally are going to do about it. Dom, when it all happened, you shared, up? you shared a post from Trained by JP. Yeah. Um, do you remember what that post was? What the what the gist of that was? I think in editing, Jake can kind of pull it up and throw it on the screen for us. But what was the overall idea there? Because I, I think it was a really, I can, a really you good guys, point. I can pull it up. You guys talk and I'll find it. Paul, sorry, I interrupted you. Um, isn't that fucked up to say that like, oh, because you do this, uh, we'll cheer you on, but we're not going to be sad when you die. I mean, yes no. and no. I guess like I a, don't. I I I don't feel super remorseful if somebody's abusing to the point that it kills them. 
well, I don't feel super remorseful in general because I don't even know the guy, right? But like, you know, it kind of is a tragedy. Like a lot of people die that from things that, you know, maybe could have been prevented or, or behaviors that yeah so just aren't don't lend well to longevity but we don't look at them and say "Ah, i don't feel bad for that guy so with with jp's post people with everyone knew jp is like a big drug user he was pushing a lot of drugs for a long time he's on record saying like you need x amount if you want to truly grow and things like that so he posted i think a couple days after he passed um he said, we're all to blame. This is a mess and it has to be stopped. Um, these deaths are not going to stop this year or the next year. We need to change the narrative. He goes, previously, I stated the narrative as, look, you have to push to get big. Just be careful. We have to change it to if you have to push, this probably isn't the right sport for you. And so I think it was a good take on like, if you find yourself having to push the thresholds of you know, health and getting to the point where it's extremely unhealthy for you, you just don't have the genetics to do this. So this isn't what your sport should be. Um, Even personally, the more this stuff's happening, I almost think about taking a step back from it all. So it's like, do I have the genetics to be at that top? Do I have... If I don't, why am I going to shave 10 years off of my life by trying to achieve something that's very unachievable? And that's kind of what JP's been saying because JP's prior thought process before was you can push to surpass those genetic limitations. Now he's coming back and saying, if you have to think you have to push to this point, this isn't what this, this isn't the sport you should be doing. Um, And that's just what he was saying. And he was just like, so to be clear, this isn't saying taking less will get you there. It won't, it's not a chance. But it's saying that if you have to push, you just don't have the genetics to excel in this. That's interesting because I, I fail to see the application in a scenario where like Cedric ha- had the genetics to do this, right? You know, the question think... of Cedric's genetics is probably like Cedric always had the genetics to compete at a high level at the, the highest level it was does cedric have the genetics to win at the highest level and the answer there is probably not so that's where the pushing the envelope came it was like he had to well, like jp would say continue to push and for every gimme there was a gotcha and as he kind of exceeded his own genetic limit through pharma there was an increasing level of side effects that he probably incurred well, I think this is a huge consideration as well because I don't know what Cedric's doses were. I don't yeah. know how hard he had to push. Yeah, I don't know if but we ever will. he was in his 40s, right? He was in his 40s, right? And he had been doing this for over a decade, for sure. Probably 20 years, right? 20 plus years. Yeah, I'd say probably yeah. close to 20 yeah. years now. So, like, I think that's, like, one of the biggest considerations here. Not that doses aren't at all, but this is a young person's endeavor, and this is also an endeavor that you might have a decade in, right? This isn't something you try to do for 20-plus years, right? Um, And I think that is setting you up to have an early Well, and I think, too, if we look at, unfortunately, who has passed away, timeline-wise of things, they are older 
where they started their, you know, PED usage, you know, like 10, 20, 10, 15 years ago, where those, you know, implementations of like health, health intervention, supplement interventions, watching blood, we're doing all this wasn't really a thing. So, you know, yeah, they could the last five years be really on top of their blood work and everything. But the previous 15 years, they had no idea what was going on inside of them. So that too could little, be, too late. you know, and, and then think about it, too, I at mean, the point like like take a guy like similar to I'm not, not using Cedric, but take somebody like him. Right. Genetics can be really good, do really well at this, you know, starts really young and everybody around him is telling him how good he could be he's going to push and push and push and push and push and at that point in his career he doesn't have the money to constantly go to the doctor constantly get blood work constantly take care of those things so it's like there's these long years of the person's a nobody kind of thing where they don't have the financial means and then by the time they do it might just be too late because when I followed along with Cedric, like he was dropping out of shows, didn't come to finals, like he was having heart issues then. So, you know, why did you push it again? Kind of thing. I think Cedric had had <clears throat> some issues with, well, he, he got the interesting virus. So that was something that he struggled with. And he was considered one of these, uh, you know, these long haulers. <clears throat> and uh, I guess Nick Tregilli said that he had been intubated at some point in time. Um, and intubation can be rough in general because you're basically sticking a tube down someone's throat so you can breathe for them. Uh, I guess there were allegedly some residual effects uh, from that intubation. Uh, it's hard to bounce back from that because you get atrophy of like, uh, breathing muscles your diaphragm yeah. or other muscles for breathing yeah. yeah so he so that could be a little bit of it I so I've got a friend uh, who was once a, a a natural bodybuilder just unbelievably intelligent human being uh, Jacob Orms and he is actually going to school I believe to be an endocrinologist um, he's been in school forever and he he made a post the other day where he said I had no and he he never posts on social media. It's one of those things where he spends less time on social media than I do. So when I went on there, it's like the first thing I saw because social media or Instagram basically drives whoever hasn't posted a long time to your feed first. And he said, I had no idea that there were so many fitness professionals that were closet endocrinologists. And on its face, I was kind of like, that's an interesting take, because I think even if you were an endocrinologist, there's probably things or someone who knows some things about endocrinology. There's a lot of things that you probably wouldn't pick up like Dom brought up, like you would never pick up things like uh, arthrosclerosis or something like that. So it, it it's almost as if you're you're diving into a realm especially with how big bodybuilders are. And I think it is a combination of all those things. Like, you know, bodybuilders are getting larger using substances that they probably didn't have to use to the extent that they were in the past and sort of combining things that they just are unaware of. There's a ton of things that are probably, I mean, killing a lot of us right now that we have no idea that it's even happening at all. Um, and then you start to add in substances that at the end of the day, there's no longitudinal studies on a lot of the things that these bodybuilders are taking to get into that condition 
So who knows? So you're, you're, you, there are things going on in the background that you don't even know exist. And then you're adding in substances that you don't even know what could happen, mixing all these things together. Uh, then you add in a, uh, you know, a virus that there is no longitudinal studies on that. You potentially add in a, you know, uh, a therapeutic in which there's no longitudinal studies on that. Nobody really knows. And there's going to be no idea of what is actually causing any of this. But it is interesting that it seems to be accelerated as of the past, you know, five or so years. What, uh, I, but I want to come back to that point, but does anybody, in terms of acceleration, um, <clears throat> does anybody know what Cedric's off-season BMI probably was? I'd have to uh, imagine he was over 300. Was season. I was going to say, he's a, he, I mean, how tall is he, Dom? He's like six, six foot, six one? Six one, I think. Let me see. Because like you could six just, one. if you so want to just take. season six foot one bodybuilder is over 300 we can just so say you're looking at a foot, bmi that's we could say six foot 300 pounds his bmi is 40 on the dot yeah yeah man you're not supposed to spend uh you're not supposed to spend like 20 <laughs> years at a bmi of fucking 40 dude you know yeah and that's regardless that's, uh, if it's a muscle another... thing or not like yeah we could say that's like oh we're say. obese because we're muscular yeah. but we're like tail that's end right. oh you know we're like tail beginning of what that is on a bmi scale we're not not three 40. times the the limit that it's supposed to be yeah yeah, you're saying no, we like you, or, you, or Ryan, Jason, myself, like uh, we're like that 29, 31, that kind of BMI area. I'm pretty sure my BMI is like 35 well, or something. For the, high, for score. the, for the high score, <laughs> for the gist of the conversation, <laughs> uh, like that's different than being at 41, 42, 43 for years, Absolutely. muscular or not, like that your body's just not designed to be like yeah. that. It's no, Cedric, it's, like, it's your heart's not. Cedric should have stopped uh, a bit of a bit ago. So right? it's really what really hits place. home for me is that Cedric, his birthday, I'm looking at it right now. He his birthday is the day before mine, and he's two years older than me. <laughs> and yeah. wow, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're not calling you old, but you you in a way called yourself old. Right. Exactly. I'm old. Like I'm not <laughs> like, I'm, you know, so I, and he had four old. children. You're so aged. for me, and I think and Dom, I thought it was interesting. She brought it up earlier that your, your thoughts around the whole thing have changed. And I always wonder if that's because you have a three month old. And I wonder if that's uh, for sure is the reason why. <laughs> what changes your opinion on things. And I said that like, in my chat today. I, so one of the kids said like, no, or he said something. And I was like, that's all going to change when you have a kid. Your whole yeah. mentality shift is going to change when you have a kid. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if a lot of the, what we see on the internet is a lot of people. I, I find it interesting. If you, if you look at responses from people, it's often the people that have children and families, their responses to certain things are often very different from people who don't. And I wonder if JP, because JP does not have any children. No. So JP's response is going to be, you know, you should still push, you know, you don't push, but if you don't have like almost as if, if you need to push, then you don't need to be there. But if you can get there without pushing, which pushing is going to be relative, yeah, then you should continue. Um, where some people, if they have kids, they're like, no, like I'm out. Like even, um, 
Terrence, Terrence Ruffin's kind of like, uh, I've made my money. I'm probably going to get out here in a few years. And he doesn't even have kids. But I think uh, I think if you if you think about having children, if you have children, that'll definitely change your aspect or your outlook on a lot of things. So one point, probably, yeah. I know I'm starting to think differently, like just kind of being married and that stuff. So I imagine having like a kid changes some things. But I do want to revisit your point of um, seeming to happen at, happen at an accelerated rate. Do we know that it actually is happening at an accelerated rate? Or do we just, because of technology, live in a day where it's more... It, it's easier to hear about things and it's more in your face, right? Because like, I think one consideration is, um, you know, like say Both. a decade ago or two decades ago, right? Like you only really knew about people at the highest level of this sport, right? Or this activity, this competitive endeavor. But now even high level national competitors can have the same or like higher popularity even you know, or like very low level pros. Like there are people who don't even compete. You know what I mean? Like you have a larger population of people that do this shoved in your face um, with high notoriety. And so I think you're bound to uh, actually know about more cases now. I think my only pushback with that would be it's happening more at the higher level. And those are the people that have always been in the lens. So even when I was a kid and before the, not before the internet, well, I guess I could say before the internet, but back when I would just go to the grocery store and buy like Muscle Mag and Flex Magazine and all that stuff, that would always highlight mostly the top in the sport or the top up and comers in the sport. And I can say with some level of confidence that there's far more people at the top level or including close to the, the top level of the sport that are passing away with more frequency. Like we would never, okay. like this is the first time in as, as long as I've been interested in bodybuilding, this is the first time that I've ever seen people from the top 10 pass away on a regular basis. It seems or top 20 even okay. on a regular basis. Yeah. So I think it's a bit, a bit of a combo of between the two. And and then think about all yeah, the local level right. people that we don't hear about. Yeah, because I'm sure that's yeah. at a so a big that's at a even if they don't die, don't th think about the heart attacks you don't hear about. Think about those things you don't hear about yeah. because because on because you know thankfully they didn't die. That's why you didn't hear about it. But you know I'm sure that happens a lot more than we think it does. For sure. I mean, when I look at this stuff, I look at people die like all the time. Like there's probably there's, there's people dying right now as we're having this conversation. They're just dying, unfortunately. But from the lens of the people that we're paying attention to, it, it just seems it seems to me. And this is from my own. This is just my own personal lens and my own scope. It seems like it's just happening more within that crowd of who's the top 20 or, you know, from especially from open bodybuilding. Um it just seems like it's happening more within that specific sort of demographic. In the past, people would pass away, but it was often like, you know, their careers were over. 
you know, so you'd find like Tom Prince passes away, but Tom Prince was, you know, his career was over like 15, 20 years ago. And he always had, he always sort of struggled through a drug problem. Uh, Mike Matarazzo passed away, but also passed, you know, he'd already gotten done with competing. Um, so it was, it was never, it, people were passing away, but it was after they were competing. Now it seems like top 20 in there are still active competitors. Do you feel like the top 10 or 20 bodybuilders are cycled through at a more rapid rate these days? Right? Like, does that make sense? Like you have a, yes. a, a new top 10 more often now than you used to a decade ago or two decades ago. And you see a lot more individuals who you could classify as like flash in a pan. Like they're really good yeah. for a year or two, and then you just stop hearing about them altogether. Well, I, I think and that's just because I would it's, suspect maybe that's because of health. Yeah. Like they just can't keep up with it. It probably just burns them out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost wonder because there are more people getting into this, more people pushing, and it does sort of seem like a lot of people come and go really fast, you know? I think it's probably a combination of of those factors, and I also think of you know as a sort of a a closet economist. I think about how like financially, um, can you afford to push for that long? Because that's another thing. I mean, I don't know. I think it's shit about fuck, more and I just imagine how expensive it is to push that hard for that long. I think it's more affordable than than people would think. But I often I think like, so most, you know, personal trainers don't make a lot of money. Uh, harsh reality, most of them. Um, and most of those people that are at least that I've known that are in the sport are often like personal trainers or online coaches. And there's a very few that make enough of a living, I think, to sort of uh, to well, find bodybuilders aren't great at using their money. <laughs> they will go broke, but still be able to afford their that's drugs. A good right. That's a good, that's a good like they, they'll skip paying bills. They'll do gay for pay. They'll sell drugs like. I'm just glad I haven't seen a like GoFundMe like pay for me to go to NPC Nationals in a while. I'm glad. I know that they're still out there, but I'm glad. every time I see that, I'm just like, I hope you get, I hope you get zero dollars, or I hope your mom gives you ten dollars, and then it just sits on like ten dollars out of my ten thousand dollar goal, and it just stays right there, and it never fucking moves. And they don't even get the full that's ten. Deserve. That's honestly because GoFundMe takes a percentage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Thanks, mom. Seven bucks. All right, let's move it along here. Hey, uh, rest in peace to Cedric Millen, a veteran. Uh, he was a loved figure in the sport. I think a lot of people posted some really heartfelt tributes about him. He was apparently a very, I never met him in person, but he was a very, apparently a very, very nice individual, always took time, a good representative of the sport. And I think that he will, uh, he'll be missed by many. Um, all right, our question from the crowd today is from at Colby Cross. Colby. If you are watching this, That's we're going to cool tag name. you. So fucking watch it, man. That's a pretty sweet name. I know, right? Colby, go ahead and comment down below, and we will reach out. We will get your address, and we will send you a gift performance sticker so you can rep, rep the set just for asking your question. So Colby says, how do you go about making exercise selections when designing a training block for a client? So how do you, what's, what is your thought process summed up in 140 characters or less on how you select exercises? I answered this on my story. I think I said, 
I want to see the yeah, client be able to perform the movement through a full pain-free range of motion and then have it be a movement that can be progressed via repetitions or weight load weekly over the course of a mesocycle without any shifts in technique to accommodate that progression. That was my 10-second answer. I'll let you guys go from here. I start, I start with meat and potatoes and then ask them how it feels. Mm. And if they say it feels like shit, we change it. And if not, we continue and see how they progress with it. But uh, I think that's a good way if you feel like it's first time working with somebody, um, you know, put them with just simple movements at first and, you know, kind of just the base movements, basic stuff we all, you know, got into fitness and started doing right away. See how those feel. And if those feel good, we can progress with those. If they don't feel good, then we can switch something. And then we know that that doesn't feel good. So we know never to use that again. Yeah, I think it's a lot like making sweet love. You don't go into it and start with the pile driver. No. You start with the basics. Exactly. You go Ease with your way missionary, into maybe a little bit of doggy style if you're feeling frisky. But if it's your first time with a lady, nope. you don't whip out the pile driver. Move number one. That's not where you begin. You're, Jay, well, Jay you're right? Just, you're just trying right? to accomplish the mission. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, uh. All right. Paul? Uh, <laughs> Jay's like, I can't, oh, me? I can't follow <laughs> that. Okay, yeah. So um, a few things, uh, and maybe not necessarily particularly in order. But, you know, I want to consider the skill level of the individual, right? And like the technical demand that might be required and whether or not they can do it. I want to consider whether the movement is um, adequate for the job or how good it is for maybe a target muscle if a muscle is a priority, right? And within that, I might consider um, the individual's biomechanics, right? Because I, I've done stuff before, like I've just given people, I'm like, oh, incline uh, barbell bench press, great movement. And then I watch them do it and I'm like, that's not a good movement for you. That looks awful. That, that is going to be very hard to overload, right? I'm surprised that you're not telling me that this is uncomfortable, you know? Like people with like certain parts of their arm are really long and you're like, dude, how do you even get your, your arm that far behind you at the bottom of that? It's insane. Um, and um, so yeah, there's the individual biomechanics potentially. Um, and overloadability, which I think you said, Ryan, that, that is huge because when I give somebody a movement, um, if, you know, there's some muscles where you can't help, but give them movements that just are very limited in terms of how, how much you can overload them, like a, like a dumbbell rear delt raise with good technique at least. But like, that's going to be the, one of the biggest things is when I give somebody a movement um, I, I want to be able to stick with that movement for as long as possible so that I can track progression. Uh, yeah. And I think off the top of my head, that's all I can really think of at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, I think those are all, all good points. I think removed from all the stuff that you guys have already brought up, which are all great things. I kind of start with first what 
the person needs to be better at, I think. That's where I kind of start from. Um, and as I shift the bulk of the things that I'm interested in more towards sort of sports performance and general population, not in, not people that are in prison, but general population being just uh, regular people. But I'll work with people in prison if you have the money. Uh, but so I kind of start with, you know, what do you need to... Uh, I got you on that one, Paul. I love that. <laughs> you did, dude. I like it. Uh, it's, it's my favorite thing, I think. But, uh, you know, I kind of think of what, what do you need to be better at? So if you just need to be better at just moving in general, I'm probably not going to give you something overly complex. I just want you to move appropriately, just kind of move your limbs around in the appropriate manner first and kind of work my way from there. Uh, but, yeah, just making sure that I give you exercises that you can progress in over time is probably going to be the primary thing. And then maybe sometimes I'll ask people like what, especially if they have some uh, experience with exercise, like what do you like to do? Like what's an, is there an exercise that you've actually liked to do? Maybe we give you some of that because I think sometimes we can program things that people just don't like to do because that's what we think is the best thing for them. But if they don't enjoy it, they're like, I don't want to do this. And then they might lose a little bit of the spirit of wanting to do that. I think Ryan's like, no, I just give them whatever I tell them to do. Sorry. I think you got to have a healthy yeah, it's mix, a very, right? It's a very my way so, or the highway. Sometimes you got to do shit you don't want to do, but it's cool sometimes to also do shit you like doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get those people you know, that are, I saw the other day that like have like small legs and you're like, they're like, oh, I don't like to squat. squat. And it's like, well, that's probably why you also have small legs. That's the same thing. I don't like training legs at all. There's sure nothing. That this thought process can be shot down but i saw someone post on their story the other day the other day they were doing an exercise and they were like man i don't like this exercise because it's so humbling and i was like this exercise is humbling is probably a really good metric for choosing exercises that are good for you because it requires you to use a lower absolute load and allows more long-term progression overall this exercise is humbling usually means that i can't use very much weight which is cool. We like that in terms of having room for progression. And it probably means that this exercise I'm not very good at. Now, they could be bad at it because of what Paul said, their yeah. biomechanical limitations, just an exercise that they're complete shit at and they're never going to be good at. But I was like, man, this exercise is humbling. That's like might be a decent I, little metric. I think for the caveat, selection. I think the caveat there is that you are still able to overload in a reasonable manner because you can be at such a like disadvantage yeah. sometimes that adding a small amount of load it, it becomes almost impossible you're like what am i going to do with this after like four weeks you know yeah there are some exercises that just don't really lend themselves to load progressions mm -hmm. very well like what you like the bend like a rear delt raise yeah like, okay if i go up by five pounds that's a 33 percent increase that's a little <laughs> bit much i wouldn't do that on my squat <laughs> i wouldn't go from 300 in week one to 400 in week two it's like any lateral raise it's like so where do we go from here like once you get like nobody's like how much you lateral lateral at raising bro and you're like 85 like i don't know anybody that how much are you lateral raising <laughs> like these me, days me Jason. personally i think i've been at like 20 pounds yeah. for 20 years and i just add sets <laughs> i think it really hasn't budged i've had yeah, clients try to tell me that. i've had clients try to tell me that like dude they're good form 50 60 pound lateral raises i'm like shut up oh, there's yeah. no way dude, I whenever, I that, whenever i see that whenever i see that on a sheet up. i'm like send me a video 
right away. Send me a video. <laughs> me the too. next time we do lateral raises, I have to see this <laughs> see. so that I can send it to all my friends. You know what's crazy is I've never gotten the video, right? <laughs> they never send the video. Uh, the video never comes. <laughs> the video doesn't exist. <laughs> Because they go to send the video and they watch it and they're like, oh, I will say I've had right. I've had Dom one guy right. I'm not I've had one guy anymore. that could legit raise his arm straight out. Was it Joey? With Fifty pounds, like it was like a perfect. But no, actually, was it Joey? Joey was doing front raises with oh. eighty pounds. Was it, the other was it Ryan Zaris? He has pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to message him and be like, dude, dude, dude Joey, let's let's pull twenty you, pounds off so we're not doing this. <laughs> Yeah. Sending it up with your hips. And it looks shit. like he's skiing. <laughs> <laughs> he's also 280 uh, pounds. <laughs> Jason, I think you brought up a good point that, like, as we get into more sports specific applications, we need to be more obviously specific with our exercise selections. But that's a discussion that probably takes us another hour, so we won't uh, we won't dive headfirst down that rabbit hole. There's a and there's a lot of uh, like all right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We can move on. No, go ahead. No, my all right has already been ruined. <laughs> now I got to think of something else. Um, next time I'm gonna go. Okay. I've, I've lost okay. what I was gonna say anyway. So we wasted that whole entire portion. Good. Jake, cut that. Good. Apologize to the I, crowd. I apologize sorry, to everyone guys. that's yeah. listening. <laughs> what? Um, all right. Our topic of the day is a goal that a lot of people share when they first get started. Some, you know, they pursue it wholeheartedly, thinking that it's, you know, something that does happen pretty regularly. Others are very, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, fatalistic about it. Uh, they're, 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 uh, I don't know. They're, uh, I think fatalistic is the word for it. Uh, and that is recomp, body recomposition, the ability to build muscle and lose body fat at the same time. Stronger by Science recently posted an article about a meta-analysis that was published pretty recently. Let me see when this was published. Meta-analysis was published in 2021, so published last year. And the article does a good job of outlining what it might look like to add muscle while losing fat at the same time. Gentlemen, let's start with maybe what you thought of the article and then maybe some personal anecdote that you've seen about body recomposition, why you think it's possible, or why you think it might be a fool-hearted pursuit. Um, so I was always under the notion that it was possible to lose fat and gain muscle kind of the same timeline. Uh, just from doctors, Dr. Scott Stevenson's book, actually, that How to Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach, or, or I think that's what it's called. Um, he had some good he had some good references in there regarding regarding high days and insulin flux and how that can turn things into like an anabolic shift for a couple of days and why we might see some muscle development from that. Lyle talks about that, right? Isn't that what his whole ultimate diet is about? And everybody else has just kind of copied him. I think so. Jason wouldn't know. Jason's been blocked from Lyle's group for four or five years now. If you ask Lyle, that's what he would tell you as well. I think even Lyle will tell you though that that it's not it's not a it's not an optimal path towards the goal. But it, it, so I think yeah, I think Lyle's position would be that it is possible. It's just not the best way to lose fat or build muscle. You can do them both. You're just going to get the diminished returns on them at the same time. And I think that's what the article pretty much shows here. So the article kind of, and we'll link that um, 
Jake, go ahead and link that in the uh, description of the video. You know, recomposition is possible in certain scenarios. Sizable calorie deficit typically makes lean mass accretion an uphill battle. They actually put, this is interesting enough, they put 500 calories of a deficit being the point where lean mass building while also losing fat is impossible. I always said, you know, like you can probably recomp with like a 200 calorie deficit, maybe 250 calorie deficit, anything above that, you're probably not gonna be very productive. That's that's why I always cut it off. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have had clients in the past that you tried to recomp before and if it was successful or not. So, um, I mean, I think we have a lot of concern. I didn't read the article. I wish I had probably would have something more meaningful to contribute, but like, but I think you have to consider that most of the time in these studies, like the populations of people used aren't us. And I know like, I don't know, man, how many times have you seen a study where they even give people like one gram of protein per pound in a fat loss phase? Like almost never. Like it's like 1.4 grams per kilogram, 1.2 grams per kilogram. You know what I mean? Like the, these, how many studies exist where they have them eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight, they're resistance training more than four times a week, and they're not doing some like silly ass training program. I don't think that that study even exists. And, I don't think it's out there. And that's there. something that Lyle continuously kind of brings up with a lot of these studies that the design is often either <clears throat> poor or it's designed in a way that just isn't like no basically it's, it's designed in a way where they're doing things that no one would actually do and a lot of it is because you're not going to get funded like nobody really cares that much about uh recomp in the grander scheme of things just because you know obesity is the epidemic getting people jacked and losing fat at the same time is not a big concern for a lot of you know society as a whole so that's why a lot of these studies are not very good like even the studies that were inside of this review paper i mean uh it was old people i mean i guess people my age so it's in the i guess in the larger picture like that's going to be the population of people that you would need to be more concerned with things like recomp so sure that makes sense but again, you know, they're not like in a metabolic ward where you can control their nutrition at all. Uh, often the training programs are pretty bad. In this situation, most of the training, most of these people were untrained. So they're going to get a response that's going to be completely different than most people who have trained at all at some point in time. And then also untrained is often a very, that's on a spectrum in a lot of these studies. So there's that to kind of consider. Um, the paper brought up Bearcat study uh, Chris Bearcat was working with off-season basketball players. So, sure, it seems reasonable to prove that you could you could get a, an off-season collegiate basketball player to go through some level of recomp because that's just the that's their almost natural state is to be fairly muscular. So they're going to come back to that pretty quickly as soon as uh, their environment allows for it. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up because yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because I, I don't know where he picked these people up in their uh, in their year season, but if they had just finished their basketball season, they probably weren't lifting much. And then you put them in this training study and they regain all this muscle that they lost, not doing much resistance training. But not only that, uh, I didn't know Bearcat or whatever did research. I didn't know he was in academics, but he, he's a professional natural bodybuilder, right? He is. 
The training he had them do in their study was probably anything be was better than anything they had ever done for hypertrophy in their sport uh, specific training. Right. And so you you take somebody with good genetics who potentially has lost some muscle over this season or whatever, and you give them better bodybuilding trainer training than they've ever done. And I would like to assume that maybe um, there was some nutrition control or protocols or recommendation in the study. Like, yeah, these people are probably going to fucking grow. Right. Anybody disagree? Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's, um, uh yeah. And, and sometimes that's the problem with uh, research design these days is because you are getting more people in academics. Right. And you, the complaint is that these studies suck. And so we start designing protocols that will produce an effect just because they're better protocols than what's been shown in the research before. Right. Like we've we've talked about that before in the lab when I did research is like you don't want um, to make your training too good because then you just get an effect anyway you know um but anyways uh shit there was something else i wanted to say about that so in terms of like recomp or whatever did i cut you off do you have more to say me yeah no no okay <laughs> i always do that i hate it i feel so bad after the show i'm like damn it i like cut off dom 687 times but uh like um I think recomp is largely reserved for those special circumstances, hiatus from training, extremely obese, undertrained, potentially new to drugs, right? Or something like that. I, I never try to intentionally recomp people. It's always like, hey, I think this would be like a good situation for a recomp. Let's let this be a side effect. Or if a recomp's happening, I'm like, I'm not gonna stop this. We were moving towards the direction of growing and we are still growing, but we're happening to lose fat. Like, I don't, we're gonna end up in a better spot anyway. So let's let this fat loss continue. And a lot of times, like in terms of trained people, the only time I ever really see it these days um, is sometimes in enhanced individuals or a lot of times coming out of a diet, right? Um, especially when individuals are enhanced. So like sometimes I'll intentionally, uh, terminate a diet a little prematurely and be conservative with food increases, knowing that we're going to fill out, we're probably going to continue to lose fat, and this individual is in um, a hormonal environment where growing is probably going to happen. But other than that, I've how if so if I'm a if I'm a good. If I'm a personal trainer who's working with general population individuals, how special of a circumstance are those special circumstances that you just listed? Oh, you there? get that all the time. Obese? Yeah. Somewhere between somewhere between 33 to 36% of the US population, <laughs> hiatus from training or no training at all. Most Americans report or around 20 to 30% of Americans report that they get the recommended amount of daily physical activity. Yeah. So you're looking at another 70 to 80% right there individuals who have never followed a structured resistance training program in their life most people people who are eating enough protein for the first time in their life again most people i think if i'm a if i'm a like personal trainer who's watching this and i'm working with general population say i'm working at like crunch fitness or la fitness or something like that or i'm just first getting into online fitness and i'm just working with general population people like holy shit like 
I'm recomping everybody. Unless you're like super fucking obese and you need to get that body fat off right now or you're gonna really run into some issues, I'm going for recomp with everybody because probably 70, 80% of the people that come through my door are gonna be in that special circumstance. When you get into like bodybuilding, fuck, give up. Recomp ain't happening. Natural bodybuilding, recomp double, triple, quadruple ain't happening. Give it up. You got to th- one thing at a time, <laughs> one thing at a time, and you might not even be good, that good not, at that not, one. You're probably thing. not good at either one of those things <laughs> in the grander scheme of things. Uh, but like, yeah, people think-, think of recomp as like this thing where it's like, let's say you do it right, that like in in three months you're gonna look amazing. Like, no, usually when you recomp, like it. it in order to like make a huge change that's like six months a year of your life like three months of recomping you just look like a slightly better version of what you just did and that's not what most of us are after (laughs) you know yeah yeah i think that's going to be the misunderstanding is that recomp probably isn't a long term or a really fast uh experience like it's not going to be like oh i recomped you know, I gained 10 pounds of muscle and lost 10 pounds of fat in the past 10 days. Like, no, that's not how it's going to happen. Even still, <laughs> it's not, you know, like, let's say you're 15, 20% body fat, like visually in a photo, that is not going to be very noticeable. 10 pounds of fat and 10 pounds of muscle, right? Try 30. Like, how long is that going to take? You don't do that in one go, <laughs> you know? No, yeah, it's a that's a year, eighteen months. I mean, thirty pounds right of muscle. A if you're for a fucking that's, that's a lifetime of muscle for for a natural thirty pounds of muscle. You know, yeah, for for a Maybe good for natural, <laughs> that's that's yeah, that for a good natural, that's thirty pounds of muscle. Dom, anything yeah. to add? I think the <laughs> I'm satisfied. Dom's happy, the, Dom, Dom's happy with the recomp. The one talk. last thing I would add when it comes to the the magnitude, because you mentioned potentially having people, um, you know, 250 calories or whatever. I don't know. It's hard to put a number on it, but um, I answer this question uh, in the same way as a lot of them. Like when people are like, "Hey, can I maximize fat loss by doing this?" Right, and I and I tell them. Like, hey, man, anytime you try to maximize uh, catabolism, you minimize anabolism, right? So, right, like Mm -hmm. you can't get maximal fat loss without either uh, completely erasing muscle gain or potentially losing muscle, right? at the most extreme end of this of the spectrum so you have to think about it like a sliding scale right and and it's trade-offs i think that's a good point because even as as like a (laughs) for uh you know drug-free competitors during a prep often the goal is no longer for you to necessarily lose as fast as you can the goal is to like just to get you to hold on to what you have for as long as we possibly can and there are people i mean it's not uncommon to see people continue to make progress with their lifts throughout that process you know up until showtime but even then how we're probably not like that's probably all neural that's almost completely just you've gotten better at lifting and that's all that is and 
possibly your level of overall fitness has gone up. So that's a lot. That's kind of driving those increases in performance. Or they might not have but had often much the goal to lose is like, in the first place. Right. Like they were already so close. Their leverage just didn't change much. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. That's also true. I mean, even if you think about the the very bet, like the the Doug Millers of the world, Doug Miller right now walking around looks, at least from pictures, very close to what he looks like on stage. And he performs at a really high level that doesn't make sense. Like he's like, um, I'm deadlifting 405 for sets of 20. I don't know why you would want to do that, but that's just what he when does. People, uh, so that's a very When good people point. make that claim too, that they didn't lose any strength in prep, sometimes I wonder like, did you not change your movement selection at all? At no point were you like, were you like, man, squats are starting to suck. This isn't progressing. I'm going to change this. Like, of course you got stronger when you changed your movement uh, patterns, you know, or your training and all that. I don't know. But I I really like what you said is that the goal is to hang on to as much muscle as possible because, you know, people will like to say that it's very hard to lose muscle while dieting or whatever. But it's like if that were true, why are natural pros not trying to get as shredded as fast as possible? That's a good point. That's a good point. Why does it take like most... I wish Doug Miller's name hmm. wasn't Doug. <laughs> Why? What do you wish it was? <laughs> I don't, something more epic <laughs> than Doug. Like you shake his hand, and you're like, he's like, "Hey, I'm Doug," and you're like, I, "I have to laugh at you." That's your name isn't Doug. Your name is like Magnus, or your name is like Gunter, or something. Like, what do you do? A do you work on refrigeration systems for a little? Like what? What? What do you Doug do? Sounds there, like Doug? a family man. It's just. <laughs> It's an uncommon name. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's probably the... It's like, okay, call me by my real name, Douglas. Like, oh, you made it worse. I wish you hadn't. I guess if he went with it, because I believe Doug Miller Doug. Uh, is a biochemist. So I think if he stuck with his initial... He is fucking not. Is he? He is. What? <laughs> yeah, what? that's what he... I, I believe that's what... That's yeah, I think true. he has a degree in biochemistry. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds. I'm almost... Does he have the biggest arms of any biochemist in history? So you're telling me this guy has biochemistry knowledge and we're going to say that, yeah, he's natty. Like works in a lab, has all the tools to his availability. I'm looking that up right now. I've won. Like, look at Dom right now. Look at Dom as he sits there and imagine his name is Doug it's and impossible. just try not to laugh. It's, it's such a silly <laughs> name. Doug Miller really. graduated as think- valedictorian <laughs> with degrees in biochemistry and molecular biology oh, and economics. Oh, so he's think, just super smart. Dude. I think I like Doug him. is a cool name. I, like I think you guys are just it. saying it wrong, right? Any going name on here. is dumb if you're like, yeah, his name's Doug. Like... Fucking, no, it's like Doug, Doug, <laughs> fucking Doug, Doug, Doug can be cool. It sounds like dog. Dig. <laughs> like I'm saying dog. You're saying it as like D-U-G-G. We're what? saying What's it and it's like traditional spelling. Which, yeah, when you, if, if someone, if someone's name was Doug and they're like, it's D-U-G-G, I'm like, what the fuck? This guy is not messing around. This guy has to have some uh, gang affiliation and some biochemistry sure. knowledge. It could just be your accent that's changing it. I don't know. 
dig, 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 dig. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the topic itself, and it says anecdotal experience, and I I I guess I'm currently kind of going through what I would consider to be a little bit of recomp, just because I do like I have. <laughs> Take your no. shirt off. It's very hairy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but that's because I have like, my aerobic output is so high now that and I'm kind of matching that with calories, not on purpose. Just that's just the way it happens most of the time. But um, I can say that I'm probably the leanest I've been at this body weight. And I assume that it's got to be some level of recomp or it could just be the body hair that's covering up and it's obscuring the view that could also be it but it feels like what I'm if he like it. took off it's his shirt his and he, shoved, uh, he shaved his like ab pattern into his his belly hair like <laughs> and he was like and he's just he really like, embarrassed yeah, about that guys. do you think that if we if if we all took our shirts off together and he was the only one with a shirt on that he would uh, also yeah, take it off no problems with taking my shirt off Dom's mm. like, nope, not taking. <laughs> no. off Dom's this sitting here so wearing as much clothing as possible. Right? Well, it's it's None fifty degrees here. Off. In your house, it's summertime in Michigan. It's Did 50. your six hundred thousand oh. dollar house not come with a heating unit? <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. I'm not putting the heat on. <laughs> I'm not turning. I paid six hundred thousand dollars for this house. I'm no, not no, turning no, no. the heat a cold on. house. A cold house. <laughs> A cold house beats a hot house every day of the week. Every day. Thank I would you. rather my house be 50 than 80. My AC stays on all 70. Day, every no, day. No, I'm done paying that gas bill. I would do I'm anything to not I'm have to wear a hoodie and a blasting. beanie in my own home. <laughs> that's Dude, just deep. Have you noticed that? Two days no, ago. That's here. comfy. That's comfy. <laughs> as have that. you noticed whenever you see pictures, like Dom posts. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Dom that's posts insane. training videos and everybody's wearing the same exact outfit. Like everybody has on a black hoodie and black yeah, sweatpants. That's just depressing and cold. <laughs> it's because you never know when you need to like hide. Like you need to get into the shadows. Or I trained like, oh, in a hat the other day. Alexis and Dylan hopped out of the taxi in the Bahamas and they were wearing black hoodies and black. And I was like, guys, that's I not trained, that's not I what we wear in a around hat here. The other You're, day, it's, I it's, finished it's a 85. set and I had to like panic, rip it off my head, like, like fucking. <laughs> That's the only way I train. I wear a, a, a dad hat, which is really just a hat. That's I don't know why it's called a dad hat, but whatever. Um, and I, worn by and I squeeze the bill so it's so small. So I have like this real tight window of vision, but it's so no one makes eye contact with me and decides they want to have a conversation because I just want to like I just want to get the thing that I have to do. I'm not intimidating enough. Like Paul, I'm sure looks so intimidating that no one wants to talk to him in the gym. Yeah, like, I'm good. Uh, he's kind of scared. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I don't want to talk to that person, guy. It's insane. I've never trained at a gym for so long. I had so few people talk to me. I've had one person, I think, yeah, smile. You're terrifying. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, man. I think and, it's the rat tail. You he regretted it. Rat tail, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. I should grow a rat tail for that's, sure. That's that's yeah. gotta be it. Ryan's probably sweating profusely at his cross. Right, wrapping things up with good oh, wow. news. Wow, I am. Oh, 
I can sweat profusely anywhere. The good news is that I'm very sweaty. No, the good news is that through quarter one of the competitive season, this has been the most successful competitive season at Gifted Performance thus far. Um, we had a show in Michigan that we just basically won it as a team. What was it? Four out of the six Three. overalls? Three out of the five Three overalls that we brought home? Three? No, Three out of five? Not. not too bad. Three of them. That ain't too shabby. And I... Um, Super Team Fit USA brought home our first uh, podium you bench. guys are ballers. You guys are strong ballers. What'd you say, Dom? I mean... It's what we do. It's a what we do. And we actually beat some teams that were decent. The second and third place team both had regionals uh, experience. So we can't just say that we're beating up on scrubs. Uh, Jason had a first time competitor. Two third place finishes for Duke Ukulele. A uh, very good look for him. An improved condition. What else I do we have going on? What, what, else good, what other good news do we got? Two days. Yeah. <laughs> Dom's competing this Saturday. <laughs> Surprise prep. <laughs> That's what's going on underneath that hoodie. Gotta stay covered up, bro. <laughs> Can't news. let you guys see. <laughs> it's a secret. You can buy the ER course now. That's out. That's some good news. You can, and you don't can have you? to spend hundreds all lump can sum. Where could, where could I buy it? I'm you very can, interested. You, where would I buy it? have a subscription now. That's $79 a month. I yeah, don't? dude. It is at... That is extremely affordable. I would be a fucking idiot if I didn't go it's and buy value. that right now. And it's super convenient because Jake added a link in the description oh. of this video. You can just click it and go start learning it's immediately. Yeah, That's crazy. Sure. I'm going to do it. You are an idiot because you haven't done it yet. And uh, I guess you can click the link or you can go to courses.giftedperformance.com. Yeah, I know. Well, this is established. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got our second annual Max Out Blackout weightlifting meet the way it's supposed to be. Melbourne, Florida, July 16th. If you are looking to lift some big weights, come on through. Invitational and open division this year. So we are bringing some heavy hitters, some international level competitors coming through. That would be fun. Jay, spe speed skating career. Are we up? Down, oh boy same. so yeah you know lots of uh time on the bike trying to get these legs to do anything at all for an extended period of time so we'll see how that, we'll see how that works out it might just be I, I really a little bit of it is trying to coax uh a particular uh personality with an exercise science to come out of his retirement from speed skating someone that we all know and if he hears this he knows who i'm talking to uh-oh is it Alex Boyden? He doesn't know what to say. <laughs> it is not Alex Boyden. Lyle was actually he a was? speed skater, uh, which is, yeah. I think, he, yeah. yeah. That, oh, that was what? like his whole... Yeah, I actually did He spent some time Maybe just go post yeah. something about George Floyd in his group. That was the last engagement I saw with you and him. Was yeah. was the George Floyd yeah, that's where communications? Our I think the right speed there. skating is why he has so. a vested interest in exercise science. Well, maybe bring it back up, and that's how you kind of yeah. rekindle. Yeah, things. but the speed skating thing's going. It's it's been interesting to try to do two things at the same time because I just have a really hard time giving up on training like a bodybuilder. 
even though I have no intention on competing anytime soon. So that's been a really hard, it's like a weird, it's like a breakup. It's like the one thing, you know, like I don't need to be with this person anymore, but I would like, I don't know that because I've, I've only had the one woman that I've loved for my entire life. Um, if you're listening to this, Mrs. Holt, uh, but do you think she made it an hour and 10 minutes into this? (laughs) Katie, if you're still <laughs> listening to this, blink twice. Are you in danger? <laughs> Do any of our significant others listen to any of this? I guess Jimmy probably listens to no. some of this. No. <laughs> no. No, she does not. Does Dina Absolutely listen to any of this? Not. This is like our free zone. This is like... This is like our man cave here where we can say what we want and do what we want, but we're still too terrified to <laughs> Christina's do so. not listening to Only when I play problem. it and she hates it. We love, we love it. our wives. <laughs> she, <laughs> great reviews uh, so across the board from the significant others. All right, folks. We'll see you on the next one, episode two, season two. If you want to do it the Netflix way and just wait for them all to come out and binge them. We like that too. Drop a comment, feed it to the algorithm, say something silly so we can respond to it. We'll get you on the next one. In the meantime, in between times, and as always, Stay gifted. what should they do, oh, Dominic? Oh. <laughs> no, sign up for the Bye. ER course. Come on, guys.